0: What's up, beautiful? And welcome to Relationship Badass, the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and I'm here every single week to bring you juicy episodes that are loaded with tips, tricks, ideas, powerful mindset shifts, and all the things related to helping you. Empowering, sexy, thriving, deep relationships. So, buckle up, grab yourself a glass of tea, wine, bubbles, and get cozy as we dive into this week's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back, badasses, to the Relationship Badass Podcast. Oh, yeah. This is episode 35, and I'm so grateful to have you guys here. It is such an honor to bring you this juice, these interviews, my raw and vulnerable stories every single fucking week. It is truly my honor, my pleasure, my joy ah <sighs> this week i'm coming to you guys from my grandparents house out in wisconsin uh, those of you that follow my life on instagram know that my pops had a surgery this week and i have had the incredible honor of basically being able to up and relocate to wisconsin for three weeks or so to help while he recovers um His recovery should be somewhat speedy, but he is a full-time caregiver for my nana. And so he helps her, you know, lifts her, brings her around, really, really helps her out. And he's unable to do that while he recovers from this open cavity surgery. So I'm feeling just so honored to be able to show up for the folks that raised me in such a powerful way. So I'll be coming at you guys from 400 feet elevation instead of my normal 8,700 feet (laughs) for the next few weeks (sighs) yeah just such a blessing for me to be able to serve those I love and those I've never met but I love like you guys I just live for service and so whether I'm serving through making this podcast or I'm serving you through advice in the DMs or I'm serving you through an incredibly potent one-on-one relationship with me or I'm serving my family by coming home and nursing my my nana and papa for a few weeks. Service fills me the fuck up. and It's a big part of my why on this planet. Um, yeah, so really just to slide right into some gratitude. In this moment, I'm feeling grateful for service. And I'm also just feeling grateful for this home and that I get to be here. Um, I don't know if you guys have a childhood home that you get to visit. I know that's a privilege. Um, As many of you know, both of my parents died And so the home we grew up in is no longer part of our family. We sold that many years ago, actually even before my mom died. Um, And then my grandma on my dad's side used to have this farmhouse we would play in as a kid, and she sold that in the same year that my mom sold our childhood home. And in that same year, my nana and papa sold their lake house. They had a lake house in northern Wisconsin our whole childhood So many childhood memories there. So that was really hard for me, that year and a half where all of those homes got sold. I felt like I was saying goodbye to so many pieces of my childhood. Um, But what I do, do still have is this home in Heartland, Wisconsin, where my Nana and Papa have lived as long as I can remember. And it's beautiful and it's peaceful and it's out in the country and just being here can bring me to tears sometimes remembering memories with my sisters and my cousins and being a child and my mom her energy is so alive in this house to me she fucking loved this house and when she was alive she would come here a lot many times a week to hang out with my nana and my papa so yeah I just want to share gratitude for this home and the the opportunity I get To be in a space that had so much meaning for me as a child. That is a fucking blessing, you know? And if you don't know that's a blessing, realize right now it is. And if you are blessed to be able to fly home and go to your parents' house and even stay in the room you did when you were a kid and kind of be taken care of in that way, I just want you to recognize what a blessing it is. I realize it's easy to take for granted and maybe even to fly home on the holidays and stay with your parents and get fucking pissed because you get triggered, because you're with family, because typically with family, we don't see eye to eye. They're not the ones we choose. They're the ones we're given, right? And so just realizing like, wow, what a fucking blessing that I get to fly home and I have parents that want to host me. You know, I'm so blessed because I have my grandparents, but I'm not a stranger. And I recognize, you know, my grandparents are 86 and 82 years old. And when they're not around and when their house is gone, I will no longer have that kind of obvious home base to come home to and visit. You know, Um, I won't have that parental like figure, which I get my grandparents that's like, hey, come here. We can't wait to have you come stay with us. (laughs) Wow, I'm almost tearing. I am tearing up right now because it's just such a blessing, you guys. And, uh, you know, as someone who has lost both of her parents by age 22, it's like, I did not realize what a fucking blessing it was until it was gone, right? And, like, there's no feeling like that for me of, like, my mom when she was alive. Saying, like, please come home. I miss you so much. Come take over my apartment. It's yours. Like, I just want to be with you. I've never experienced a love like I did with my mom. Just like someone who loves me so much just because she gave birth to me because I am her daughter. (laughs) And so if you have that opportunity, and maybe last time you went home, you felt triggered by your parents or you got in arguments or you couldn't see eye to eye, I just want to invite you to step into the fact that it's such a blessing to have them and just to have that love, even if it's not the perfect ideal, wow, we see eye to eye and I'm fully accepted kind of love because our parents come from a different generation and a different world, but they gave us fucking life and if they're still around and giving you a space to come visit or to live, I know friends that are like, cool, I can go live with my parents for a year and save on rent, and they're in their 20s, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a fucking blessing. hope you realize what a blessing that is. And me too, with my grandparents, I'm so blessed to have this. So, if you're maybe curious right now, or even getting a little bit activated by what I'm saying... Um, I just want to turn you on to a friend of mine. Her name is Olivia Clearing. And she, if you go to her Instagram, she has tons of videos about forgiving our parents and just the work of loving our parents, even though they're not going to be that person who's on our level, millennial. I see you. I use super advanced communication. You know, they're our fucking parents. They're different. Um, So I invite you to go to her Instagram page. It's at wild sage and bone and i'll actually link that in the show notes just because i mentioned it here but she does a lot of posts and videos just about kind of the parental wound and the mother wound and i found it very inspiring so head on over to there if you want more on this but yeah that is that wow didn't expect for that to happen but when emotions rise and words come out i just roll with it (laughs) So yeah, fucking grateful to be here, and even though my family triggers me, I'm grateful to have this time and space with them. (laughs) Now, a couple quick announcements before we dive into today's amazing interview, you guys. Today, I'm interviewing Keith Wilson, who has been a therapist in Rochester, New York for over 30 years. He's also an author, and he's been working with reconciliation and forgiveness and that process. Which is so fucking huge. So when Keith reached out to me asking to have some time on the podcast, I was more than ecstatic to make space for him. Um, So I'm going to get to that in just a couple minutes. I have just a couple more quick announcements. You guys bear with me here. Um, My live event is fucking official, you guys. I'm so excited. Relationship Badass's first ever official live event is happening. It's going to be in Denver. On November 23rd, all right, I've got a team of badasses helping me put this together. I cannot wait. It's going to be a powerful but quick workshop. It's going to be like four hours, but fucking loaded and powerful. And my guarantee is that you're going to leave having experienced connection you may have never experienced before, leaving with tools, direction, integration, um, kind of a roadmap for what's next and how to build out this new empowering culture of relationships in your own life. I can't fucking wait, you guys. I'm so excited. So it's official. More details to come shortly, but I just want to put it out there that it's happening in November 23rd in Denver. And if you're like, holy shit, there's a live event. I can't fucking wait. Um, screenshot this right now. Throw it on your Insta. Tag me in a story post, send it to me in a DM, shoot me an email at Relationship Badass and just let me know you're stoked. I get stoked to create when I know you guys are stoked to receive. You know what I mean? It's It just keeps it keeps the momentum flowing, so I'd love to hear from you. Um, I still have swag. Yo, if you want an amazing gift from me in the snail mail with a personalized letter, you know what to do. Go on Stitcher or iTunes right now subscribe to this podcast leave me a rating and an honest review that feels true for you and when you do that I'm going to send you a personalized thank you letter with a free relationship badass swag gift in the motherfucking mail not that bullshit email you guys I'm talking snail mail (laughs) so go ahead and do that I have a few gifts left and I would love to send them out all right finally my final announcement is that I am in the midst of developing an intense, beautiful three-month group program. This program came to me as a total download while I was separated from my phone during my Burning Man Nevada desert trip. And it literally just poured out of me and I wrote like 20 pages of scribbles. I was like, holy shit, this is brilliant, this is amazing. Me and Warren were talking, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy, he's like, that's genius. (laughs) so I'm super excited you guys to create this program now with all things before I put a ton of energy time and love into creating something I want to gauge that there's interest out there so this is the deal I'm making a group program it's likely going to be called the wealth of self and it's going to be a three-month group program so it'll be ten women and me in this intimate group setting where we meet weekly and so there's gonna be like weekly lessons modules and then our weekly coming together in a group setting for open coaching questions group exploration now the whole program is designed around how to maintain a sovereign sense of self while being deeply connected to your partner so i I get questions about this a lot and that's why when it hit me i was like this is fucking brilliant Have you, the listener right now, ever felt like you've lost your sense of badass self and independence when you get involved in a relationship? I sure as fuck have. (laughs) And so I want to create a program where in three months you get to discover your passion and we're going to create like, we're going to infuse it into your life. So cool, let's discover your Discover your passion, and now how can we infuse that into your life? Is it through a business? Is it through hobbies? Is it through a group? Is it through activities? We're gonna figure that out together. Then we're gonna figure out how to navigate this beautiful dance of independence and dependence when you're in partnership. Because for me, I feel like both are fucking important. You gotta be dependent in a way, and you gotta be independent. Warren and I have both of those things we beautifully depend on each other but we also have a strong sense of self sovereignty and independence and we have our own missions and passions going on we're going to talk about communication and so it's like cool now that you have this strong sense of self how the fuck do you communicate that not only with your partner but with your friends and your family and people in your life in a way where you're just honoring yourself and you don't have to feel like an asshole right there's skills for that so i'm gonna give you that stuff too Um, all of this stuff over three months. And then of course, like integration of all the tools and our new plan and our new, um, sort of new roadmap for a really beautiful sense of self in your partnership. So that's kind of the download and this is what I'm creating right now, but I want to know if you guys want this shit. So if you're listening and you're like, holy hell, yes, 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 yes. Um, please let me know shoot me an email, shoot me a DM at relationship badass on Instagram. Um, you can relationship badass at gmail.com is where you can email me or you can just head to my website and drop me a line there. Okay. So yeah, let me know the wealth of self. I want to know if you're into it, ladies, gentlemen. So please let me know now. Wow. That was a long announcement sesh. <laughs> So you guys, today I am bringing you this conversation on reconciliation and forgiveness. This is fucking brilliant. I'm so excited. Um, A couple things we talk about. What does it take to forgive? Keith talks about personal peace. What is personal peace? We go through the, Keith shares a couple of his processes. One being, what is the process of knowing when to leave? How do I know when to leave and when to stay in a relationship? He lays out his exact five-step process for that. It's brilliant. He also has a process for looking at your own guilt that he shares, which is really beautiful. We talk about cheap forgiveness versus real forgiveness. We talk about exes and how we can get stuck or attached to an image of our ex versus who they really are. We talk about how to reconcile the painful circumstances of our lives and how to rewrite painful narratives into freeing narratives. Anyone who's followed my work for a while knows that this stuff is my jam. And my big story is how I transformed what I used to call the worst day of my life, which is the day my mom and best friend suddenly died out of the fucking blue into the best day of my life so i love the conversation around rewriting narratives painful experiences into experiences of freedom and grace and love yeah so you guys this shit is juicy um we talk about the difference between shame and guilt and how to make amends it's fucking beautiful so kick back get cozy this is about an hour-long interview um Shit. Take notes, you guys. This is a brilliant conversation in my view. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with therapist and author Keith Wilson. All right, badasses. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here today with a very special guest, uh, someone I feel honored to talk to today. His name is Keith Wilson. He has been a badass therapist in the state of New York for over 30 years. And so I just- Feel honored to have you here today Keith Um, I'm gonna hand it right over to you and have you introduce yourself to our listeners today
1: well Nikki I'm thrilled to be here and uh, to be part of this uh, this podcast Uh, like you said I've been a therapist for uh, over 30 years right now Mm -hmm. and I've worked with um, all kinds of people I've never liked to really specialize so consequently I've seen just about everything uh, everything from folks with very serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, onto the more common uh, problems that people um, come in with. um, Anchor issues, alcoholism, drug abuse. Mm -hmm. I've worked with uh, folks who have been, um, um, uh, they've sexually abused people. Okay. And I've worked with, of course, many, many, many uh, victims of them. And, of course, those two populations overlap quite a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing
1: that I have found with, with everybody um, is that they all have relationship problems. That is the one common factor uh, mm-hmm. for everyone. Obviously, a lot of conditions will contribute to the relationship problems and vice versa. And then, um, of course, in addition to the folks with serious mental illnesses, particularly lately in private practice, I've seen a lot of folks who come in with relationship problems and really Mm. nothing else but that. So um, throughout this time, I've really um, been thinking a lot about the process of forgiveness and what it takes for people to set aside their differences and begin to communicate honestly mm-hmm. and to um, uh, either go back to the way their relationship was before but more commonly when they successfully do this they, their relationship actually improves mm-hmm. and then of course there's a, a large number of people who in the process of taking a look at how they have been hurt and how they have hurt others a large number of people elect um, not to continue the relationship. And they do that because of safety reasons or because they learn they just can't trust the other person.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So in that case, it's uh, really important for them to be able to not only exit gracefully, um, but also uh, come to some sense of personal peace with what what has happened. Mm um so th- th- these are these are very very hard questions about how to do that plus there's also questions about if you're with a person who continues to do the same thing over and over again how much do you uh tolerate that what can you do to make an impact on that pattern and um um yeah it, 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 there's no easy answers to any of this And this is why I've been attracted to it and trying to uh, suss out what might be an effective process uh, for people to go through. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. I'm hearing that you deal with all sorts of conditions or situations, but inevitably, what I'm hearing you say is that relationship seems to be a common theme that comes up, whether it be the relationship affecting the condition or current situation, or vice versa, the current situation mm-hmm. affecting the relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For instance, quite often a person, let's say they, they get caught up in a, an addiction, yes. um, and they learn to say no to the, to the chemical, but if they don't go back and repair the relationships that were harmed as a result of all this, Right. I can only get, get so far mm. and, and they they quite often later return um, to uh, to the chemical because the relationships are so stressful for them,
0: <sighs> okay, I see.
1: yeah, so it's all
0: interconnected, probably more than I yeah. think. yeah, yeah, okay, that's powerful. Um, I'm excited because a lot of the questions you just talked about are. A lot of the questions people in my community have just about relationships in general, how do I know when to stay? How do I know when to go? How much is too much kind of what you're talking about? Like, I love this person, but this one thing isn't working. How do I know when, you know, I've crossed my own boundary, the, the line. Yeah. yeah. So I see the, the power in your work. Um, great. So, Oh, were you about to say something?
1: well i think uh, to speak to the question of how do i know when to go yes um, i believe the first step would be to first to take um, inventory to to really uh, make an account for how you are being hurt by
2: Mm.
1: by whatever has happened um are there some actual physical damages? Are there financial damages? Um, Is this taking a toll on your emotions? Are you um, losing connection with other people who are important to you in your life? Mm. Um, And then you should also include in that uh, lost opportunity cost. Uh, For instance, if you're uh, a woman in her early 30s and you're hanging on to a relationship hoping it's going to get better before you have children and you want to have children, well, that's Mm -hmm. a lost opportunity uh, there. Right. Um, Right. Many people, surprisingly, um, don't really take a careful inventory about about all this. And when they do then it it often hits them between the eyes just how much they've been hurt mm-hmm. by by whatever there is. Right. But at the same time, it, it's not enough just to talk about how you've been hurt. You also want to look at the flip side and why you're with the person in the first place and the counterbalances there.
0: Like how, what you're getting out of the relationship maybe or how it is. Right,
1: maybe. right. So I'm
0: almost hearing like yeah. a pros and cons list of like, how have I really been harmed here, and how am I being served here?
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. And and finally, um, it, it's also helpful to make a recognition of uh, two more things. One is how you can't be hurt,
2: mm. and the way
1: that you can't be hurt is unless you do the hurting yourself. Is you always have to some level some freedom of choice of how you're going to think about all this and how you're going to feel about all this okay? Uh-huh. Right. okay so so that is within your control
0: yes you're talking about making meaning of the situation is what i'm hearing like how, what meaning you decide to give to this relationship or the ending of this relationship
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. uh-huh and that's yeah. where we have a choice right
1: that's that's right that's right where we have the choice, and then finally, um, um as a person gets into this, then um, when we're talking about intimate relationships, very rarely has the hurt only been a one way um thing uh, you you it know
0: takes two to tango, right
1: yeah, the person has has done some dirty deeds as well, okay. That, that have contributed and sometimes the dirty deed is nothing other than not addressing the issue for right. so long
2: Compliance. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah absolutely I mm-hmm. I love that you just pointed that out because I think in order to have powerful healing relationship work in my view I have to be able to own my part I must mm-hmm. be able to say this is this is how I contributed to this dynamic because otherwise mm-hmm. it's just all of their fault and that leaves me totally powerless to do anything differently.
1: All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so just for the listener, I want to reiterate those three sh- steps you kind of just laid out for someone who is okay. trying to figure out should I stay or should I go? Maybe you've been in this dance for a while. Um, Keith just gave kind of three steps that are really accessible to anyone. Number one, he said really take – Take note and stock of how you've been harmed and how you're being served by this dynamic. And um, this sounds powerful because if you've never done that before, I'm hearing from Keith, like people can have just big ahas and just making these lists. Um, the second step I heard was make decide what meaning you want to make of this experience because that is the one place where we do have a choice. Um, we can't control the circumstances, but we can control what story we tell about the circumstances and what that means for us in our lives. So step two, decide what meaning you want to make. And then step three, see where you can own your part in the dynamic is what I'm hearing you say. Um, mm-hmm. And I almost hear that as like a neutralizing quality, like, cause maybe you've got a story of how bad the other person is and all these things they've done to you. And so by saying, okay, let me step back and see where I can own my part in this dynamic. I'm almost feeling like, cool, I could neutralize my partner who's positioned as the bad guy, maybe, mm-hmm. before him. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, what I've found is uh, no matter who comes to see me and what role they have played in this dynamic, the first thing I generally hear about, the first thing they want to tell me is how they were victimized. Yes. So, so even the the abuser, okay, who uh, clearly is, is uh, do, doing the worst things here will right. usually be doing so from a position of feeling like a victim. Mm. Now, when they do that, and when I, I see people like this, that's where I start. If that's where they're at, if they're feeling like a victim, then okay all right, let's take this inventory, okay, let's Mm -hmm. let's see really what you're talking about. Because I think even a person who is an offender also needs to come to grips with their own victimization, either in that relationship or a previous one that may have something to do with this,
2: right? Uh Not
1: with an idea of excusing their behavior, but with an idea of understanding it and seeing what the pattern is.
2: Mm.
0: Wow. Yeah. I just want to reiterate what you just said. You're listening. So no matter who the person is, everyone can feel like a victim in some regard. And what I hear you saying is the importance of being able to just see someone in that victim space, whether or not I think they're a victim or I judge them as a victim or my opinion is that they're a victim. If they feel like a victim, that's a valid feeling for them. And so there's power in just understanding their feeling. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. That's really powerful for me because, um, I often talk about this in my work, but, uh, it's like, do you want to be right or do you want this relationship is kind of something I'll say, because Mm -hmm. I think, to, and I'm curious if you've seen this, but in my work with my clients, I'll see couples get really stuck in an argument where they're both trying to be right, but no one's trying to understand the other person. Mm -hmm. It can just circle over and over because it's like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. Instead of, okay, we can actually both Mm -hmm. be right because both of our experiences are valid. Let's just try and understand each other. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of power in that in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. amazing so this topic of reconciliation and forgiveness is such a big one for so many people Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of people feel stuck in this like how do I forgive someone Mm -hmm. (laughs) such an asshole to me or whatever so I have a lot of questions around this but my first question for you Keith is if I've been harmed by someone Mm -hmm. and Maybe they they won't even talk to me. Maybe there's no perfect closure situ- situation happening. I have to do all the closure on my own. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm sure you've dealt with people like this before. How, what is the motivation for me? Or why would I want to forgive that quote-unquote asshole over there? How is that mm-hmm. going to help me? So that's my first question for you. I'd love if you could kind of paint that picture for the listener of why would they want to do this? Okay.
1: okay. Well, let's let's talk about uh, the uh, Reconciliation as being a, a process. It's, it's, it's like a road. Okay. Uh, I wrote a book called the road to reconciliation. <laughs> right. 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 Now the, the end point of this road, the, the, um final destination would be uh, kumbaya, you know, <laughs> uh, both parties uh, <laughs> see, see the errors of their ways. They, right. they have, Taken steps to mend it, they feel safe with one another, and
2: uh,
1: their relationship is generally better than it ever was at that point. Right. Um, I mean, if you can get there, then that's a great place to be. Yes. Um, But not everybody can get there. Um, uh, To get to that final destination requires the involvement of both parties. Right. Right. Um, and and um, there are, you might be in a relationship with somebody who is incapable of doing it, doing it lacks the maturity of doing it or will or, or whatever.
2: Right.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. right. But, but there's another pretty nice place on that road. Okay. Yeah. And that I call that place personal peace. And see. that is being able to arrive at a sense of peace with what has happened. Um, uh, regardless of what the other person does. Mm -hmm. So now the road from where you begin (laughs) to personal peace is largely something that a person has to do on their own. They can't do it with a partner. They have to come to some kind of peace, first by taking inventory and taking stock of their role and seeing the context of the the whole thing, and then taking steps of safety if they need to, um, in order to ever get to personal peace. Right. So now, um, the person works towards their own personal peace and arrives at a place where they've done everything they can to, to heal but the relationship is not healed because the other person isn't ready. Right. Somebody always gets to that point before the other one.
2: Mm, right. That,
1: right. There's always got
0: to be someone to get there first, right?
1: That... Right. Somebody gets there first, right, and has to wait for the other one. Right. <laughs> now, you got to make a decision at that point. Is this worth waiting for? Is it safe to wait? Okay. Uh, or... Do you need to move on and just settle for personal peace as opposed to um, the, the the kumbaya type of reconciliation?
0: Right. What does waiting in your, like, physically look like versus I've got my personal peace and I've moved on?
2: What would wait?
1: Well, waiting consists of, um, first of all, understanding what, has, what harm has happened, um, taking steps to prevent or to mitigate some of this harm. For instance, if you're in a uh, relationship with a drug addict and he, um, um, you know, he he, he cashes out the the credit cards and buys drugs, well, you may not want to have a credit card with him anymore. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. So but you may not prepare to sever the relationship with him, but you can, you okay. can minimize some of the harm.
0: Okay. I see. So waiting is right. kind of like, maybe we're still in this dance relationally, but I'm going to take right. some steps to minimize the harm that I'm experiencing right now. So that, mm-hmm. okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, applying this to my own situation, um, my ex-partner and I, um we broke up and it has been for me the journey of getting to self peace because he's not ready or interested in communicating with me since the breakup and doing like a <clears throat> mutual closure so i was trying to think am i waiting but i feel i'm at personal peace so now now i'm clear what i feel for me is like i'm at complete peace if i never heard from him again i would be okay and mm-hmm. if he reached out to me and said i'm ready to talk and like have some real closure around this partnership i would be open and ready for that so it kind of feels
1: that's what i'm talking about that's a pretty good example of personal peace yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. great yeah. yeah okay so that's just for the listener i just want to highlight this and in case you missed that feel free to rewind and go back but i just feel such a sense of like relief thinking like wow there's this place i can go called personal peace where I can escape the constant harm or bad feelings associated with this severed relationship because even if they never talk to me again, I can do that on my own. Mm-hmm. And you've helped many people do this. Yeah, so it's, it's possible, definitely yeah, yeah. possible. Yeah. Okay, so when you're working with someone and forgiveness. Let's say I'm actually just going to pull from a listener question. So let's say you're working with someone who's trying to forgive someone who is not interested in healing and potentially just not even sorry. So like trying to forgive someone who shows no remorse. They're not sorry for what happened. They don't Mm -hmm. have like compassion towards you. Um, In situations like this, What are, like, in your experience, what are some of the, like, maybe, like, is there, like, a most common hang-up or something people get stuck on that's hard for them to, like, get around in this process? Or um, what's your experience in working with people in this kind of context where they're trying to forgive someone who's just not on board, not even maybe remorseful, just totally doesn't give a fuck, and I'm over here trying to forgive that person?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't really call this trying to forgive that person Uh, it sounds like what they're actually trying to do is trying to um, live with this person or or coexist with them or or perhaps to renegotiate their relationship so that it's it works better for for the two of them Um, forgiveness um in my opinion a lot of people um, give a lot of cheap forgiveness. They, they, they give forgiveness before it's earned. Mm. Um, you can actually think about forgiveness as maybe in two steps. First of all, there's the provisional forgiveness where the person comes and says, I'm sorry, I really didn't want to do that. And I, didn't, I can do better. Okay, I provisionally forgive you. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, And uh, in order for real, true forgiveness to happen, some change has to happen, okay. right? right. So the person has to stop doing what they're doing. Now, the offender can stop doing the offensive behavior, but the victim could still be hanging on to that offensive behavior
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, and not being able to trust them. Right. <clears throat> now, the final step of forgiveness might be to learn to trust them when they are ready to do that, when, when the evidence begins to show that they can trust the person.
0: Okay. I see. So getting actual trust to confirm that I, or I'm sorry, actual evidence to confirm that I can now trust you again after maybe I've been harmed in the past. Sometimes this is the final step of forgiveness. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So okay so this makes me i actually i want to circle back because i feel this question i i almost got the answer but not quite so let me try and rephrase this okay so let's say i'm just going to give an example so i'm here in my life i'm in a partnership with someone i really love but i have an ex-boyfriend who abused me and we had a really hard relationship and maybe there was some physical and sexual abuse. So I have a ex relationship that was toxic and not good and I feel really bad about it. So now mm-hmm. I'm I'm in my new relationship. Ex boyfriends out of the picture. We're not trying to get back together. We don't want a relationship. We want nothing to do with each other. We don't even talk. But because I'm still harboring that hate and resentment towards my ex for all the things he did, mm-hmm. it's beginning to affect my current relationship. So this is something mm-hmm lot. So how do you help this person? Because this, so I'm like, okay, my ex-boyfriend doesn't even feel bad for sexually abusing me, physically abusing me. He was, you know, just a piece of shit. And now I'm with this new guy and I want to forgive him so that this baggage doesn't keep affecting my current relationship. But I have no idea how he he's not even remorseful and we don't talk. So how do I begin process of forgiving that person when the relationship's off the table? But I just want to feel better within myself
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um when you get with somebody and see them for a few times and maybe have sex together and meet each other's parents and yeah at that you're gonna be in a relationship with that person for the rest of your life even if you never see them again after that yeah Okay. okay Relationships, once they reach this stage, once they matter, okay, sure. they never end, okay? Mm. So it's really a distortion to talk about breaking up or ending a relationship. Mm. What you're actually doing is redefining the relationship.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: uh-huh. So if you have an, a bad ex-boyfriend who you never want to see it again, again, you know your relationship with him is with a figure in your mind that that that, that is like him okay that's the relationship that's left right okay. and maybe some regrets and memories sure. and things like that yeah right? Right. so you know, w- what you're trying to do at this point here is to have some peace with that
2: mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hey, that makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. I'm with you.
1: So if he used to treat you poorly and say that, uh, he had to do so because, uh, you're a bitch or whatever, whatever kind of thing is that, yeah. um, uh,
2: and, and, and,
1: and you somewhat believe that, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Then, then that, that, that voice is still speaking in your head. You haven't really sorted out that, that whole thing yet.
0: Right, yeah, uh-huh. Wow, this is really powerful for me. I'm, so it's like, we. yeah, okay, I like this. So even after we end maybe a dating relationship with someone or a, we're cohabituating or we're partners, we might end that relationship, but now we have a new relationship with this person.
2: I mean,
0: that could be, depending on the breakup, that could be a variety of things, right? Some people divorce, but then they're great co-parents together or mm-hmm. they, break up, but they run a business or they become mm-hmm. friends. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hearing you highlight even the fact that, even if I never, so me and my ex-boyfriend, we haven't talked since we broke up three years ago, but we still have a relationship. He still occupies space in my mind, in my heart. And there's, however I think of him, That's my relationship with him because I'm deciding who he is. I'm making up stories about who he is. I haven't talked to him in three years. I don't really know who he is today, but I have Mm -hmm. a relationship with this old vision of him, which is honestly, I'm putting this all together right now, keeping me attached and almost keeping me stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then. Now,
1: now, now one thing you really want to watch out for is if you have this, this image of this ex-boyfriend in your head and yeah. then you try to date somebody new and you can't see the new person okay for who he really is yeah. because all you can see is this ex-boyfriend
0: right? totally uh-huh right. yeah yes that's what i see in some of my clients who who right. basically have someone they are pissed at from the past haven't forgiven them haven't even come close and then they just see their current partnership sort of di- in distorted ways um, which I think mm-hmm. we all do to an extent, but it's it's very obvious to me in these cases. So, yeah, okay. So, really, to loop back to the question I asked a, a while back, I'm <clears throat> hearing what's my motivation for forgiving that person that <clears> hurt <throat> me and that we don't talk anymore. Well, by me learning to forgive and rewrite the narrative I have about them, I can almost like release myself from being entrapped in that story of like, well, I'm the victim, they harmed me, they're an asshole, I was helpless. That's a really Mm -hmm. magnetic and addicting story, right? (laughs) So if I can release that and say, wow, he was a human, he was acting in his best interest, that didn't work for me, we went our separate ways, now who knows what Mm -hmm. he's up to. I can kind of be free and not be constantly consumed by that narrative.
1: Yeah, um, and the, the burden of having something to prove at that point right. or feeling like you have something to prove when you really <laughs> don't have anything to prove at all. It's all over with.
0: <laughs> totally. The burden of having something to prove. I just wrote that down. Cause that's like, wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. For instance, in my example, having to prove that I'm not a bitch. Okay. Right. Having, having to prove that I deserve to be treated well.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. That one just hit <laughs> that was definitely me for like six months after me and my ex broke up was like i'll show you that i'm worthy of love and yeah. He, yeah. me being able to separate from like i don't need to show i know i'm worthy of love so it doesn't matter how you perceive it that was definitely yeah. the most freeing thing i possibly did for myself in that context yeah What's up, folks? I'm sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have to come on here to tell you guys about an amazing opportunity I have for two lucky couples. So, a recent turn of events has allowed me the opportunity to open up space in my schedule. This means I am taking on two new clients in my three month transformative couples program called From Conflict to Connection. In this powerful three months together, You're going to understand the difference between agreeing and understanding. You're going to learn to communicate like a badass and actually hear each other. You're going to learn how to ask for your needs without feeling like an asshole. You're going to learn how to create a rich sense of self and a rich sense of us in partnership. You're going to get the exact words you need to communicate the hard shit. You're going to get my step-by-step processes to literally understand and heal your triggers so that you don't get triggered the same things anymore and not to mention you're going to end pointless fighting once and for all this program is fucking revolutionary now I'm about to open it up to the public but I wanted to offer it to my beloved listeners first so if you're listening to this episode fresh and you're thinking you know me and my partner might want to experience massive profound transformation and we want to work with Nikki and fucking do it please reach out ASAP. These spots will fill out fast. Every time I open up my couples program, it sells out. So please, if you're hearing this, I want to offer this to you guys first. Um, I will be launching this to the public next week. So please reach out at relationshipbadass.com. You can email me, relationshipbadass at gmail.com or hit me up on the Instagram and let me know you want more information, you want in and we will chat and see if this is a fuck yes for you and your partner. I cannot wait to massively fucking serve you guys with this incredible program I've created. I'm so deeply honored to bring this to two of you. So can't wait to meet you. I fucking love you guys. And let's dive right back into this juicy episode. So we've been talking a lot about how to forgive a person. Um, that has perhaps harmed us or we've had experience with in the past. And I'm really curious about what kind of counsel or guidance, if any, you have for people who are really trying to forgive their circumstances. So Mm -hmm. I can make this easier with my own life. Um, Both my parents died by the time I was 22. And that was something for a while. I'm now 26. And I now see this as a an actual blessing in my life. But for years, I was really stuck because I wasn't mad at anyone, but I was mad at life. And I felt Mm -hmm. like I got the shitty end of the stick. And so I felt angry at life and I didn't know how to forgive the unruly nature of life. Um, And just like when good people get, have shitty things happen to them. So I'm wondering if you, if any, if you have any counsel or advice for people who are just trying to reconcile the circumstances of their life, not necessarily with a certain person.
1: Well, I don't know if this is really a good enough answer, Um, but um, it's really more of an observation that um, there are many, many important ways that we don't have a choice. Of, of the life that we have been given we're, we're thrown into circumstances right we, we all live in a certain place certain parents
2: yeah. uh,
1: we have a certain color of skin we've mm. we speak a language we didn't invent we
2: yeah.
1: uh, have to speak you know you and I have to speak English mm-hmm. um, and um, this is the case for everybody, uh, no matter whether you're fortunate or not. So it, 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 you don't have t- to change that. As a matter of fact, you're powerless to change it. It's mm-hmm. already, already been done. Yes. Um, the only thing um, you have to do is play the cards that you dealt with. Now I, I think we uh, do a kindness to people when, before we judge them, we consider where they started rather than where they end up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for for many people who come from highly dysfunctional homes or, or whatnot, I. I, I I can't think of very many people I've met. I've met some pretty badasses in the negative <laughs> sense, <laughs> who did not improve matters over the previous generation <laughs> in uh-huh. some kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and so I think I think you can you can take credit for that at least that that maybe you've done better than your parents have done or mm-hmm. still have an opportunity to do better than your parents have done.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of hearing really just how like it's almost like you can be proud of yourself in a way. Like yeah. Yeah. And, and and this feels really true for me actually, Keith, because this is one of the things I would say I am most proud of in my life is being able to take my less than ideal circumstances and shift the meaning so that I can actually view them as a blessing in my ultimate mm-hmm. life journey. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I hear you just reflecting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great because it's, it's not something I did or anyone would do. It's not something you do for anyone else, right? It's a complete, like I'm going to do this for me so that I can experience my life differently. Cause I can't change what's out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So now again, like we talked about, I have a choice. Do I want to keep seeing my world as this, terrible rain cloud that doesn't stop raining on me or Mm -hmm. or I want to view things in a more empowering, enlightening way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That's great. Thank you. Okay. Can you, this one just came to me, but could you just say a few words to someone who's out there, a listener who's out there who maybe they feel guilty right now as they're listening to our conversation because they feel like they've harmed someone. So there might be people listening who are like, yes, I need to forgive, I've been a victim, but now I wanna speak to the listeners who are like, damn, I feel bad about things I've done in my past and I haven't even been able to forgive myself yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you just speak to those people? Um, Mm -hmm. Share some words with them.
1: I think uh, guilt is a pretty good guide about how to proceed. Um, from here Uh, but you need to be able to distinguish between guilt and shame yeah now uh, a lot of people use those two words interchangeably Uh, when us shrinks we use them (laughs) (laughs) they're different right right Um, guilt refers to something that you did shame refers to who you are So if you tell a lie, you feel bad about it, that's guilt. If you call yourself a liar, that's shame. Mm. This matters because um, where shame takes you is a very different place than where guilt takes you. Mm. Uh, Guilt will help you identify where the mistake was made and, um, how you're harmed and it will motivate you to do better, but shame will just make you want to hide. Right. You'll continue to do the same thing over and over, but just do it in secret because yes. you feel shame.
0: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Right. And, and 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 just calling yourself, for example, a liar because you've told a lie, um, almost gives you permission to lie some more because well,
0: Right. I'm now the story is well I'm a liar. That's what I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh-huh.
1: right, right,
0: right. Wow, and so, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say you highlighted personhood versus behavior, which is such mm-hmm. an important distinction. So I just wanna, you know, I, I lied versus I am a liar, right? That's mm-hmm. a really right. big difference And that. Now I'm seeing how personhood versus behavior actually connects to shame versus guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what I have people do, who come in ready to to deal with their guilt, is I have them write a a statement of responsibility. Mm. And in this statement of responsibility, I I have them describe fully what it is that they feel guilty about. You know, what are the, what are the events? What are the mistakes that they made? And often there's so many. And then I just say, well, just take the last one. That's usually the most serious one. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And uh, so they, I I have them describe what they did, um, and then I have them write about how they suppose this affected uh, the other person Mm. and the relationship. So, uh, for example, I see a man who um, used to beat his daughter when she was small. Okay. okay he feels guilty about that i have him write about maybe the worst incident in that and then talk about how this may have affected her and how this may have affected uh, the relationship
0: yeah
1: and and this can be a obviously it's a hard thing to do to to come to grips with this but it, but it's also hard to uh use your imagination to imagine the effects because right. uh, sometimes you don't know what they are it's speculation or whatever right? yeah yeah. yeah. Right. okay right so then um, the, the next step would be to um, go back to the incident there and then identify what are the other choices that you could have made there um, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, people, when when they decide to do things, they make the best choice that they think that they have available, right? Even if it's not the best choice, it's yeah. still the best choice they think they have available. So we, what we want to do mm-hmm. is uh, generate a lot of other choices of, of what they can do.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. All right.
1: so yeah. the guy who... Beat up his daughter. Well, he could have, you know, done a hundred other kinds of sure,
0: things. Sure, sure. Could have left the room. Could have said, "Daddy's angry." There's a bunch of different.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. Right. And now, then, that gives a suggestion about the the, the next step, and that is how they can um, make amends for for yeah. the harm. Yeah. Okay. Now, making amends is a very complicated matter, uh, because um, there's a lot of times where you really cannot make direct amends to the person that you are. Right. Um, for instance, with this father who beat up his daughter, this was many years ago, I mean, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah um, he can go and say sorry, and that kind of thing, but that doesn't, It doesn't really do it. Right. Um, but he can make indirect amends, Okay. Right. And, and that might, um, improve his karma, I guess you might say. Right. Um, for example, um, the, um, the, the guy who beat up his daughter, um, he identified well one thing that he could have done differently is talk about his feelings with with his wife or some other person sure. who he could talk to. So um he then decided to make indirect demands by adopting a practice of talking about his feelings every single day, whether there was a big reason to do this to do this or not.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Now this doesn't really change the matter with his daughter. What happened happened. Okay. Sure. But it, it it definitely changes um the future here. In
0: right. Uh-huh. Yeah, because now he he's not just saying, "Well, I could have been more in touch with my feelings back then," but he's actually now getting more in touch with his feelings by putting in a daily practice. Right. And so yeah. it's it's almost as if if I were to get the chance to do this again now, I have a new practice in place. Like I'm doing something differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It feels more 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 rich to me than like I'm sorry I did that. I wish I did it different. Because that can feel like empty words sometimes. I, for me, for sure, and I think for others as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and ideally, a um, a man should be a a daily thing. Um, To to give another example, um, a guy who um, every now and then he he uh, flips out and he busts holes in the wall and overturns chairs and tables and things. That his family uh become terrified. No, he didn't harm anybody, but right. terrified. Well, well, even, even if he does that a lot, he probably doesn't do that very often. Okay. It probably didn't happen but once every few months. Okay. So he could uh have a complete transformation in himself and nobody would really know it for several months. And even then they could not trust whether it would happen again.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Whereas if he adopts a a daily practice mm-hmm. of, of um, uh, maybe also in this case talking about his feelings in a respectful kind of way instead of acting them out, then people can see that he's doing something there. <laughs> okay, um,
0: they're experiencing little taste of the change.
1: That's right, 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 and it just so happens that that very change may prevent him from
0: flipping out again. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So just to reiterate that process for my listener, um so I hear step 1 is to write down the harm that was or like get clear on like what harm did I cause? So mm-hmm. if I'm the person over here feeling either shame or guilt around something I did. First, get clear what harm was caused. Number 2, Get clear. It was step two where you see how you could have, how you could have showed up differently? What are the different ways you could have reacted?
1: To imagine the effects.
0: Yes. Okay. That's what I'm missing. The
1: consequences of
0: this. Yep. Right? Step two is to imagine the effects. So, for the listener, whether or not you're in contact with this person, it doesn't matter because. What I'm hearing is you can just imagine, you don't actually need to talk to them and confirm the effects. You can just imagine what effects might have my behavior in this way had on this person. So that's step two. Now step three is to brainstorm ways I could have showed up differently. Is that right? Uh Yep, okay, step three, how could I have done this differently? And then step four is to, what did you call it? Indirect reconciliation or? What was the word?
1: Well, there are both. Uh, there's, there, there may be an opportunity to make direct amends. Amends, yep. Or maybe you just have to be satisfied with indirect amends. Right. Direct amends would be um, directly with the person that you harmed. Yes. Yes. And indirect would be just right. in your. Life.
0: So if direct isn't available, either because the relationship is severed. There's a boundary, perhaps the person has passed away. I've worked with people like this. Um, Then you can still reach amends in an indirect way. So then you get to choose some type of transformation shift, daily action to actually shift your own behavior, mindset, whatever it is. Um, And you get to, like what I'm hearing you say is so step four, you actually get to create the change that would have you show up differently if you had another chance, whether or not the other person knows about it or is on board, it doesn't matter. You can still create that change within yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Awesome. And then the next step might be to write this stuff down so you remember it. (laughs) Yeah. And regularly go over it so that you stay on track of Far too many people uh, arrive at a wonderful moment, <laughs> yeah. but then they fail to follow
2: up on that.
1: Uh,
0: totally. Yeah. Yes. Please use your journal, your notes app on your phone, your voice memo, whatever works for you. But I, I agree with Keith. Write this stuff down or record it somewhere so that you can revisit it because, yeah, I've definitely had that happen. I hit like the best aha ever on the top of a mountain. Don't put it anywhere. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, what? Um, yeah, that's great. I would love in this moment, Keith, as we um get ready to wind down here, um, if if you have one, but do you have any stories of your own from your own life about maybe you know, getting to a place of reconciliation or forgiveness when you were harmed or anything like that that kind of connects you to this um this topic in your personal life willing mm. to share
1: well um one benefit of working with the people that I do is I down a daily basis find out how privileged I am mm. um, how lucky I am in, in in my life um to have never had personally a lot of the uh traumas that they they have encountered yeah um, now that's not to say that as i was growing up and as a young adult and even now i haven't felt sorry for myself <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and i think um wor- working with folks um has um really taught me not to do that and and mm-hmm Mm -hmm. has really got me in touch with, with really how, how lucky I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great. Great. Um, okay. So I'd love to just, I have a couple listener questions I didn't address during our conversation that I'd love to just, we can do them laser style, whatever comes to your mind right away. Um, and then we'll get ready to just close out here if that works for you. Okay, so one of the questions I got from a listener was: In your opinion, is self-forgiveness more important than forgiving others?
1: Yes, I would I would assume so, because that's the basis of, of um being able to, to forgive others. Um the process I, I described there about what to do with guilt um, can be an outline for how you address um, other people and how they they are hurting you. Okay, so with guilt, mm-hmm. you, you you did a statement of responsibility, you took responsibility for the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In calling other people to account, you would want to be able to say very clearly what they're doing, okay yeah. uh-huh. and how it's impacting okay sure. and, mm-hmm. and then um, what kind of thing would repair what they're doing yes, yes. so if you've never addressed your own guilt uh, you can't really um, uh, meaningfully um work through forgiveness of another person
0: sure okay yeah i'm hearing the processes are pretty aligned very similar but one's with another person one's with ourselves um so i'm kind of hearing it's almost like a prerequisite (laughs) i I can work through guilt with myself and work on that type of forgiveness i'm going to be far more resourced to attempt to forgive or reconcile something with another person Mm -hmm. great um, and the final question that I haven't addressed yet is, and uh, my story is, this is gonna be really open-ended, so I'm just curious what you have to say, but one listener asks, how long does it take to forgive?
1: As long as it takes, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, uh, uh, we, we see this all the time, for example, in recovering uh, drug addicts who are with a partner. Yeah. Um, the last person in the recovering person's life who's going to believe that this recovery is authentic is going to be the person who most loves them right
2: uh-huh is
1: right. they have the most to lose <laughs> they've probably gone through the roller coaster many times before
2: mm-hmm. they okay Wait,
0: right. I have so, a sentence. I just cut out for a second. They, they, they
1: need to be skeptical.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Uh huh.
1: And actually, their skepticism, um, provided that doesn't become addictive and abusive in its own right, okay, right. their skepticism uh, can be a, a very good check on, yeah. on maybe some overconfidence that some recovering people mm-hmm. feel at some point. In their in their recovery,
0: totally, good. yeah, could be a good balance. That's what I'm hearing.
2: Okay. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you go.
0: <laughs> okay, that's it. I couldn't tell. I thought you were about to say something.
2: Oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. The Zoom has a little bit of a delay, so sometimes I'm like, "Oh, was I talking over you?" Um. Okay. So yeah, I'm kind of hearing like. It takes as long as it takes. And, um, I almost want to, so it takes as long as it takes. And I'm curious if this feels true for you. I'm just going to go on my own little rant for a second. We get to choose how long we want to stay in the victim role of I've been victimized. And so yes, it takes as long as it takes. And my feeling is like at any moment we have the power to choose, okay, I'm fucking done with this. I'm fucking done sitting here every day cursing my ex, cursing my parents, Mm -hmm. blaming my entire, all my unhappiness on other people. I'm done. I'm done with that shit. And now I'm going to choose to do the uncomfortable and challenging process of reconciliation and forgiveness.
1: Mm So in that case, what you're describing up is what I call a crack up on the road to reconciliation.
0: (laughs) You already have a name for it. That's
2: great.
1: There's a, there's, a, there's a road in, in Utah that I was on
2: once, uh-huh. okay.
1: uh, and this road is like a several hundred foot drop on one side, several hundred foot drop on the other, no guardrails, winding dark, and it's skin dark. Okay. That's what the road to reconciliation is like. You can fall off on either side. One side is by forgiving too soon, okay, mm-hmm. and easily being in denial about the harms, okay. Sure. And the other side is by um, staying in this um, scab-picking, vindictive, facts-grinding um, yeah. mode. Right?
0: Sure, uh-huh. Wow, that's a cool image for me. There's two ways to get stuck. Yeah, totally. I've seen both. I've been both. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Right. And then being on the road is the continuous path of really everything we've been discussing for this last 45 minutes or an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Now for the for the um for the vindictive person who wants to get back on the road, <laughs> all right? What he or she needs to do is Perhaps acquire a little bit of humility um, and, and maybe step back and look at the context of what occurred. Yeah. Okay. Notice I use the word context. I don't use the word reason or the rationale or justification or anything like that. I'm yes. just talking about what else was around. Okay. Totally. And in that context is often your own behavior and how you contributed. And that might give you a sense of humility. And that's the antidote for for this vindictiveness.
0: Yeah, yes. Okay. In this moment, I want to just put a little example to what you just said for the listener to make that really clear, because I think what you just said is really powerful. So if I'm, I'm just going to make up an example. Let's say my Um, X cheated on me and I haven't forgiven them yet. And so I was on the road to reconciliation and now I'm back on that one side where I'm like checking all the facts and I just, I can't, I'm stuck, you know? And so then I hear you saying, okay, if I'm stuck on the side of the road where I can't forgive and I've been here for too long and I'm ready to get back on the road, I can look back at the situation, not at the justifications or reasoning. So I'm not thinking, well, why did he cheat? What a fucker, you know, like what he, you know, and I'm not, that has nothing to do with it, but I can look at the context of the situation so I can think, okay, well, you know what? When he cheated on me, I had been withholding sex for six months at that point. And, you know, we had been fighting every single day and not trying to repair. And so this is more situational context I can look at, which can help me to get a more clear and objective viewpoint of the situation, which can maybe open up room for more compassion and understanding which can maybe help me to get back on the road
1: right right and the thing that people get hung up on and and uh, the reason they don't want to go there is because they think this justifies or it's supposed to justify his behavior when in fact he had his own choice in the matter he 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 didn't have to do what he did there were a number of other options he could have exercised
0: Right. So it has, not, yeah, it has nothing to do with justification. What a, what a great thing to mention. Forgiving someone doesn't justify the behavior or agree with them or say, I think what you did is right. It says that almost like, yeah, we're humans. We make mistakes and I'm okay now. I have peace and that's fine that that happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow. So powerful.
1: Now you may not want to put yourself in the position again to be hurt in the same kind of way, of sure. course. Yeah. Or you may feel that that's okay. You know, it, it, it kind of depends on your own. Right. Uh, what you have in reserve in your life, how much of this you can you cope can with. Yeah.
0: Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really just feeling on the end, um, down the road to reconciliation is the opportunity for openness, like freedom, just peace um is really the big a big message i'm getting right now Mm -hmm. Ah, great great yeah keith and i'm just so grateful for you sharing your wisdom and your experience today with us um, for asking or answering some of these questions from the listeners um and for those of Uh, for those folks listening right now that want to keep up with you and follow your work and and know more about you and your work, uh, I'd love for you to share where they can find you. I know you've got some books you could tell them about if there's any programs or anything you have. Um, I'd like to open up the space for you to share.
1: Uh, Well, I do have uh, three books, Uh, The Road to Reconciliation, A Comprehensive Guide to Peace When Relationships Go Bad, Uh, then another one called Constructive Conflict, and a third one called uh, how to Make an Apology that You'll Never Have to Make Again. Mm, wow. And uh, these can be found on on the website, to theroadtoreconciliation.com. Great. I'll I link also it. have a website for my own practice, and I write a blog about this and other subjects, and that's keithwilsoncounseling.com. Great. And if anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can get in touch with me through either of those websites.
0: Okay, great. Um, are you taking on clients? Like, do you, you have a practice? Is it based in, it's, it's local, isn't it? It's based in New York. It's not in,
1: yeah, I am. Well, one, one of the problems with having a license is I can't, uh, you know, work in other states. Okay,
2: um, gotcha.
1: Right. So um, if you live in the Rochester area and want to get in touch with me and, right. and work with me, I. I'm not really looking for other clients, but if they show up, I take them.
0: Sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great.
0: So if there's someone in Rochester listening who feels really aligned with Keith here, you can reach out to him about potentially working with him in person. Yeah. Great. Um, Keith, is there any final thoughts, words of wisdom tidbits you'd like to leave our listeners with before we sign off here?
2: In this conversation
1: well um i'd like to speak a little bit about this personal peace yeah and and how to uh, what that is like um personal peace you know how to be at peace if you know how to go to sleep mm. okay if you want to go to sleep first of all you want to make sure that you've lived the full day Yes. Okay, got plenty of exercise all right Lovely. and take care of yourself and have have a place to be at peace mm-hmm. you need to be safe you, know, you need to be safe to to be at peace and then, if you want to go to sleep, even if you have lots of things you need to do still, whether they be to uh change this partner who <laughs> is uh, <laughs> annoying you all the time <laughs> or <laughs> Need to do is to overcome your own guilt. Mm -hmm. The piece you need to be able to set this aside and say, I've done enough for today.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, personal peace is a lot like going to sleep.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: it's something that I think everybody knows how to do, even if maybe they're not good at doing it all the time. Um,
0: Totally. That's really, that's great. It's a great final note. If you can sleep, you can find personal peace. (laughs) At least for a moment. (laughs) Wonderful. Great. Keith, thank you so much. It has been an honor to have this conversation. And yeah, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Fuck yeah, you guys. Keith Wilson. Um, on reconciliation and forgiveness what a powerful conversation in my view what did you think as always I'd love to know you can let me know in the ratings and review section shoot me an email hit me up on Instagram I want to leave you guys with an action step today because this interview was so potent and When we don't take action on things we've learned, we often forget. So this is how you integrate. You take action. So if you remember earlier in the interview, Keith gave this four-step, five-step process on how to know when to stay or when to go, right? And we were kind of talking about it in the context of a relationship, like when do I leave or when do I, should I stay or should I leave this partnership, But what I realized is this is a process that could be used for a number of things. Should I stay or should I leave this job? Should I stay or should I leave this friendship? You know, should I stay or should I leave this situation? This, should I stay or should I leave in this apartment? Um, I was like, wow, this process could be used for so many things. So my action step for you guys this week is to think of somewhere you've been wondering, should I stay or should I go? Maybe it's a position, a membership, a job, a coaching relationship, a partnership, a friendship. And I want you to use this five-step process Keith talked about. So I'm just going to go over it briefly and then I'm going to leave it for you guys to journal on. And then when you do this, yo, I want to hear from you guys. Take a screenshot of you journaling, throw it on your Instagram story, tag me and say, what's up? I'm doing the five-step process. I'm, t- I'm doing your action steps. I'm taking the challenge. So step one, take inventory of harm. So how have I been harmed? Step two, take inventory of how you've been served. So number one, how am I being harmed in this situation? And number two, what am I getting out of the situation? How am I benefiting in some way? Step three, account for opportunity costs. So by staying in this situation, what am I bypassing or missing out on? Step four, decide what meaning I'm going to make of this relationship, experience, these events. So you get to decide what meaning you're going to make of the events that have transpired between you and this person, you and this job, you and this Apartment, you know, whatever it is, you get to decide okay, here are the things that have happened between me and this person or thing. What meaning do I want that to have? Are those just challenges we've experienced along our road to a stronger relationship? Or were those betrayals, acts of disrespect? You know, you get to choose. So that's step four. And step five is to own your part. Where did you contribute to this dynamic? In its joyful, flavors and in its painful flavors owning your part you guys this has changed my fucking life so when Keith said that I was like
2: hell yeah
0: I always have a part right so for instance my last partner who cheated on me and broke up with me after about a year and that was right after my mom died and I was in a terrible space and I like almost couldn't believe he would quote-unquote do this to me but when I look back with introspection and perspective I can see, yeah, I had a huge part. I mean, sure, he pulled the trigger and ended the relationship, but we were so disconnected before that and we were constantly fighting. And I wasn't doing anything about it. I wasn't seeking out a coach or guidance or help. I wasn't saying, yo, boyfriend, I hate how much we've been fighting and I want to find a new way. I was just rolling with the punches you know, so that's, that's one way I contributed. I didn't speak up and ask for something different. So step five, own your part. Where did you contribute? And once you have steps one through five written down, you know, breathe it all in. And from that place, does your decision become clearer? (sighs) Yeah. All right, you guys. So that is my, those are my action steps for you. I hope you're having the most magnificent, beautiful day or the most deep, rich, painful day. That's okay too. Not everything is joy and beauty all the time, right? Darkness and pain and suffering is a part of the equation, but you get to choose how long you want to stay there and what meaning you make of it. Mm. Fuck yeah, y'all. All right. I love you so fucking much. I know this episode is super long. Thanks for hanging in there. And I will talk to you in the next episode.